Welcome back. You are listening to the Daily Roundup. I'm Anissa Isak. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Now it's just gone 15 minutes past six. And the South African Human Rights Commission has urged the government to find and prosecute those who wear the masterminds of the July 2021 unrest. The Human Rights Commission and the Commission for the Promotion and Protection of the Rights of Cultural, Religious and Linguistic Communities yesterday jointly launched the 2021 July unrest investigative hearing reports. Now, the two reports resulted from the investigative work carried out into specific issues following the unrest that occurred in KwaZulu-Natal and Gauteng in July of 2021. This afternoon, we welcome Human Rights Commissioner Pilile Ntuli. Commissioner Ntuli, good afternoon and welcome to Radio Islam International. Good afternoon, Anissa. Assalamu alaikum to your Alaikum salam. So good to have you. And I think this is a, a two reports that have been uh, impatiently been, people have been waiting for them to see what the findings are. So maybe we can start with you telling us what the main findings, um, you know, f- uh, that were behind the unrest that took place. Uh, thank you very much, Anissa, once again for inviting us. And perhaps before we even go to the findings, I think it would be important to just brief your listeners on the process itself, how it's unfolded, but mainly what the rationale and the, and the parameters of this investigation have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the immediate aftermath of the July unrest, which occurred in July 2021, the South African Human Rights Commission, together with the Nelson Mandela Foundation, as well as CALS, which is the Center for Applied Legal Studies, came together to call on all South Africans towards an imbizo. At this imbizo, uh, the main aim was to just reflect on what had happened. The whole country was in shock. It was an unprecedented moment. And um, we thought that it would be important to reflect and also to just reckon with what had happened and to craft a way forward in a collective manner. The INBIZO then suggested and recommended that the Commission should, using and under the auspices of the powers and the mandate as afforded to it by the Constitution and enabling legislation in the form of the South African Human Rights uh, Act, Commission Act, should conduct an investigation to assist the nation in coming to terms with some of the lingering questions that would have arisen out of the events of the unrest. Indeed, the Commission then held an inquiry and national hearing from 15 November 2021 all the way up until 21 January 2022. And the hearing was held both in Durban as well as in Johannesburg. By the end mm-hmm. of the national hearing, the hearing panel had had 54 oral testimonies and had received more than 120 written submissions. Now, I'd also like to just converse quickly the questions that guided our inquiry, if you don't mind, Anissa. Not at all, not at all. Please go ahead. Uh, Thank you so much. So we were guided by four main investigative questions. The first one was uh, the social and economic and spatial, as well as the political factors that would have been prevalent in the various affected areas and the extent to which these would have played a role in the unrest. The second were the causes of the alleged uh, racially motivated attacks and the killings in the country during the cause of the unrest. 
The third was the causes of the current lapses in law enforcement by state security agencies, particularly in the South African Police Service and the role of the private security companies in the unrest. And the last one being the fourth was the final, the causes of the July unrest with the particular focus on KwaZulu-Natal as well as provinces. So to come back to your question on some of the findings and the recommendations, we have uh, published an extensive 252-page report on our website. The country as well as your international guests are welcome to visit our website and to download this report in order to appraise themselves not only with the investigation, but also some of the data and information we have collated, which rationalize our findings and also rationalize our recommendations in line with these four areas uh, that I have read out to yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what was there any indication that it could be directly linked to the imprisonment of former President Jacob Zuma, which happened at the same time or almost at the same time? What we found in the course of gathering information and in line with the submissions was that the incarceration of the former president occurred at the same time as the July unrest. But it was not the only event, or these two were not the only events that were occurring at that time, and particularly in terms of significant and serious threats to national security. And in light then of this information that we had, we were unable to conclusively link the incarceration of the former President Jacob Zuma directly to the unrest. However, we appreciate that the events around that time were multiple, they were layered. It was quite a complex situation in the country. You'll remember that we were not only on alert level four of the COVID pandemic, but the International Monetary Fund had just immediately prior to the lockdown itself had declared South Africa as some of the highest income inequality countries globally. And we were also experiencing a record all-time high unemployment rate of mm. about 34.4%. So you had a lot of idle youth, you had a lot of displacement, you had a lot of, um, you had an agility and fragility of the social or the socio-political and socio-economic fabric across the nation, which was fodder for an event of the nature that would have occurred in July 2021. Yes. Mm. Now, what did the reports mean when they spoke of the primary actors and then in turn secondary actors? Can you maybe explain that to us? Yes. What we have found in our observations is that there were multiple occurrences that spoke to the threat to national security. And this was evidenced by submissions made also by the state security agency that indicate to us that there were red alerts uh, from December 2020 all the way up until July 2021, which is when the event happened. For example, mm -hmm. 
um, the, the the blocking of the N3 and the N2 that occurred uh, during the July unrest had already been um, been detected as a security threat by the state security agency at that time by uh, various other organizations who were disgruntled in one way or another. For example, the trucking industry had been threatening a couple of weeks prior to block the N3 and the N2 on the basis of some of the challenges they were having internally in terms of their own internal politics. There were issues also with regards to uh, foreign nationals. There were issues with regards to Operation Zidula. There were issues regarding the taxi industry. And all of these were not only significantly well-resourced, but sophisticated organizations. um, And we cannot rule out, because when then the July unrest occurs, we don't hear anything in terms of the media and reporting on these organizations and institutions and the South African Human Rights Commission then in our assessment concluded that because of these other various elements taking shape, we encourage the South African Police Service as well as the National Prosecution's Authority to continue to do their work in terms of their mandate to investigate the primary actors. What uh, What we know for sure is that the primary actors were very sophisticated and very well resourced in the execution of the July unrest as demonstrated by the very coordinated um, bombing of ATM, for example, the burning and the arson attacks on warehouses and other industries, um, the attacks at the Durban port, for example, mm-hmm. um, all of these demonstrates to us that there was a significant investment in resources in the planning of this event. And then, of course, complementing the work of the primary instigators was the secondary actors, which were the public that many of us then saw on media uh, uh, running into malls uh, that would have already been prepared by the primary instigators and participating in acts of death. Hmm. Now, you are also not impressed with the fact that the police, the Justice Department and the NPA have so far failed to identify and prosecute the primary actors behind the unrest. And, um, you know, we're not assured that law enforcement agencies are seeking the primary actors. What would be the reasons behind this? Why would they not be actively doing this? Because you'd, one would expect that seeing the country at, at such a risk that we'd want to find these people and get down to the nitty-gritty of what happened, how all of this was planned and who is behind it. Yes, absolutely, Anissa. We, we are not impressed as the South African Human Rights Commission, but of course we are South Africans and we enjoy other South Africans who are similarly not impressed because for as long as uh, there is an absence of a determined pointing towards the primary instigators, then we remain uh, vulnerable as South Africans and as a nation in Mm. terms of the the scale of these attacks. In line with the, the third question, which I would have read out to you, the causes of the apparent lapses, particularly in law enforcement by state security agencies, the South African Police Service. We have found that there were multiple 
um, multiple causal factors, including issues of capacity. I think the South African, or we as the South African Human Rights Commission have found that um, the, the state security industry itself was undercapacitated uh, to be able to manage the, the scale and the extent of an event such as the July unrest. There were also issues of communication channels, but there were also then issues of coordinating amongst the various um, departments within the security cluster. Mm. So what are the main recommendations then made in the reports and um, how quickly will they be um, you know, uh, implemented? It would be it would be very unfair uh, to begin to start to name the main recommendations. It's a 252 page report, Anissa, and I'm sure you would appreciate. Yes, that. I would not begin. I would not want to start to name some recommendations at the expense of others. Safe to say that along the four issues or the questions that we have identified, we have made some significant findings and we have presented our analysis in as eloquent a manner as we possibly could and we have then presented our findings for the nation and we do encourage your list your listeners to please do interact with that report we have given um the institutions of the state uh, in particular and other implicated stakeholders 60 days to then return to us in line with enabling legislation with the plans that they aim to institute in responding and implementing our recommendations. All right. Well, Commissioner, thank you so much for your time and for giving us some insight. And I think, yes, it would be a good idea to look at those reports and find out more and get more in depth, uh, you know, into it. We don't have time to discuss everything in there. As you said, it's a quite a summary um, to look at. But I'm glad that the reports are out and that we can get more understanding. And hopefully these recommendations that have come in, in you know, that you've uh, that the commission has brought about will be implemented and hopefully we'll see a better South Africa going forward, a more secure South Africa, because I think that is something that many people um, are very worried about and and concerned about on a daily basis. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for inviting us. Assalamualaikum. Alaikum. Welcome. And that was Commissioner Pilile Antuli from the South African Human Rights Commission talking to us about the um, reports that were released yesterday from the South African Human Rights Commission as well as the Commission for the Promotion and Protection of the Rights of Cultural, Religious and Linguistic Communities, the CRR. A CRL, um, and you can, if you want to check those out, you can get onto their websites, and you will find the their findings there in the documents that have been uploaded.